Welcome to the Jesus Image Podcast. So honored to be back with you guys. And man, can we give it up for Pastors Michael and Jessica Colanos? Big, big honor. Big honor. <laughs> we'll let that one settle a bit. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. I don't know if you guys know it, but you have the literal best pastors in the universe. Yes. And father and friend and everything in between. Husband, so thankful for his life. And yeah, Pastor Michael and Jessica, just best friend in all the world. And all that he teaches me and just get to follow you guys, you know, as you follow Christ. So such an honor. He's teaching me how to play golf too. <laughs> he, he's got a big challenge before him. Um, anyway, so I love you guys. Just first off, I want you to know that I'm not coming with a hard correction. I'm not. Uh, right when I said that, I was like, I bet they're going to think, you know, I just mean it though. I, I love you guys. And um, it's like family the presence of the Lord. Oh my gosh, man. I don't know if you know what you have here. I'm sure you do, but whew, it's not normal. Not normal. It's like the millennial reign before it, it happens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like you guys are the pre-millennial, millennial reign. <laughs> we'll find a verse for it, but <laughs> we'll make that scriptural. But anyway, um, so grateful to be back with you guys. I would love to pray and just jump in together, see where we end. I think they're possibly going to um, make room for an altar call at the end or however the Lord moves. So I'm just going to follow leadership. But um, let's pray because once I get going, I'll, I'll kind of um, probably get in a momentum and forget to come back. So Lord, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you, Lord, for your manifest presence. Thank you for your voice. You're altogether lovely. Be glorified, Lord. I pray even that lowly and meek clothing of the spirit that you wear would come on us. Make us more like you, I pray. Have your way. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, so I, I had a, a dream I would like to share quick just for, you know, who it would hopefully bless this morning I woke up, up out of, um, which dreams are super biblical. Um, you know, I love that Joel chapter two says, in the last days, you know, old men will dream dreams. And I got the gray hairs to kind of prove it. <laughs> uh, young men will see visions. And, and so super biblical, you see them tied all throughout scripture, how God will speak often. You know, Solomon received his wisdom in a dream. And so um, they're helpful at times. And this one was, I can see it kind of twofold, just to throw it out there uh, for who it may bless. Um, you know, I love the book of Psalms says that God spoke one thing and I heard two. Like meaning sometimes he speaks and it's multifaceted. You know, it's kind of like a diamond. You shine the light in it and you move over a hair and it's yellow and then it's pink and or whatever. So it's kind of one of those. And, um, 
they're both really good. One, one side to it is it's corrective, but how many of you know God's correction is super loving? So, so good. I'm so thankful for it. He's constantly checking me, correcting me, pruning me. How many of you love the pruning? Wow, healthy bunch. I don't. <laughs> you know, I'm teasing it. it. It's beautiful, but you know, John 15, Jesus says, our, our father is the vine dresser. He loves to come in and, and prune and all that. But um, yeah, so his correction is so good now, so we don't find out in the end this whole time, you know. So no, this first one, though, the best way I can see it was in connection to Revelation. You don't need to turn there, but you'll see it twice in Scripture. Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, and then Isaiah twenty-two twenty-two. it talks about a key of David. Many of us know it, that God uses to um, open doors that no man can shut, shut doors that no man can open. And so this, this is a good one, but I had never seen it quite like this before, this first kind of uh, interpretation of it that seems to be bifold. It appeared that the Lord has opened a door for some, again, who this will uh, minister to, and you're coming through it now, but it looked as though some, if you're not careful, are still wanting to go back to the way it was. And we don't see that often. I've done this plenty, but we pray like, Lord, please open a door, you know, move. I want to go into the next chapter, next season. And then we step through it. It's more faith needed, more resistance. It's, it's more of a challenge. We're like, yeah, <laughs> like the old days. Where's the door back, you know? So I think often we want the new promised land, but then we don't realize an angel with the swords coming and now we got to face Jericho and like, you know, you start, if you're not careful. So I want to encourage you guys. It looked like somebody, you know, I'm taking it for myself as well, but often if I have it the morning of going to minister somewhere, it, it applies. And, um, but the Lord will open doors. We pray it, Lord, open doors so no man can shut. And then when he opens them and we step into it, we're like, whoa, I don't know if I'm ready. Like the faith needed now. And I was getting comfortable in that old season. Have you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So it was that. And um, I want to encourage you guys. The problem is that once he opens it, no man can shut it. So you can't be shut now. <laughs> so, so praise the Lord. Uh, so, you know, be careful what you pray for. and uh, So you can't pull strings and shut it and go back now. And uh, But it's really a good thing. He's such a loving father. You know, you could look at it as Mother Eagle starting to push the baby eagles out of the nest like you can't. you got to fly now. So, um, yep, just knowing that continue to step, whatever the challenges may be with that new season, it may be uncomfortable, but God's with you. He opens doors and no man can shut it, not even you now. You can't, you can't go back now. So just keep going full forward, which I love that too, because it calls for all the more need for that one thing of sitting at his feet. We need him so desperately to continue on. We, we need him, the bread of life. And, and so it just keeps you dependent on him. It's such a beautiful thing. And then the second one, this is more the corrective one, but it's still very good. Again, who it may land with. But the, the door of, of this part, I could see that some, I believe, have forced open their own doors. And the, the mechanisms in the dream on the door that are never this way in real life, everything was wood, wooden, where it should be hardware and you know, silver or brass. And um, wooden... As far as the cross is glorious, 
but wooden, according to what man does and forces open and makes their own doors happen, speaks of wood, hay, and stubble. It's going to get all burned up in the end, the Bible says. And, and so we want, we want to produce things that are precious gold, silver, you know, precious stones, sorry, gold, silver, precious stones, because when they're tried by fire, their Bible talks about in the end, they're only purified and worth more. You know, those precious metals and stones, they can, they can withstand fire and get purified and become even more valuable. And um, even that I look at is the fire that judges them as the fire in his eyes. It's love that does it. And he sees that which is pure and true that was born from intimacy with him or which was born out of man. It's an Ishmael. And wood, hay, and stubble. Or... So anyway, yeah, I could tell that some people, I believe you've, force your own door to open and you wanted it to be God. You kind of thought you heard God and I've done this, so I'm with you. I get it. It's okay. But now would be the time to let the Lord burn it up now so it doesn't get burned up then. Because you could, if you're not careful, force a door open and ride it through to be true to the end and find out in the end it's wood, hay, and stubble. And you thought the whole time it was golden. So, um, Whoever that may land with, it could be probably definitely nobody in this house. I think it's online. <laughs> I'm not messing with you. Um, but, you know, the Lord may speak to you and say, yeah, that's what I've been telling you. You, you, you did that on your own. That's why there's not a lot of wind in it. Um, you know, that's an Ishmael. It's okay. I love you. But, but let's go ahead and let that burn up now. So there may be some real things the Lord could challenge you. Just hear him. You don't need to go out and do anything crazy. But... I um, think it would be good to just let the Lord have it, you know, and that'll be beautiful. So, okay. Um, get some water. Um, I want to talk to you about something specific. Uh, shouldn't take too long. But first, what I wasn't going to talk about that's just been on my heart, and I think it's really precious and it's been burning. <clears throat> Uh, I've just been sensing it more and more that's on the Lord's heart in this hour is he's really desiring what he's desiring out of you and I, because I don't even know we're nearing the end. I mean, you can sense the Lord's return. Um, obviously, we're nearer than ever before, but just things are culminating quickly. You can feel things matter more now. And out of his bride, I feel like the standards are really being called higher. That accountability, that path's getting more narrow. And there's many things I believe he's after, but um, a few, and one of them I talk about tonight because I, I saw it in prayer, but is humility. I, it, I, for ease's sake, I look at it like the two H's that the Lord's really after right now. Humility and holiness. I mean, I feel like the eyes of heaven are roaming the earth right now looking for lowly ones. He's not looking for polished, powerful ones. The power he does through us. He's looking for lowly, meek, lamb-like people. They're broken. I think I shared this one time before here. Isaiah 66, 2 says that, um, you know, God's like, man, I created everything. This is my kind of version. I made everything. But who I look upon into the earth, he says, who I'm looking out over and for are those that uh, have a broken and contrite spirit and tremble at his word. And that word broken there, it doesn't mean like emotionally. Actually, uh, humble people that are broken, they're some of the most whole emotional people you ever meet. They're really secure because they're so caught up in him. 
They're not interested in themselves. Humble people are usually selfless people. Prideful people are very selfish people. They think a lot about themselves. Um, and it can be a, a, a lot of down upon yourself. It's still a self. You're just thinking a lot about you. Truly meek people, is, they don't even recognize. They're, they're not in, in it for them. They want him. And I pray get on us tonight because he can clothe us in the spirit. But also I love that the Bible calls for you and I to put on humility. A lot of times it's a choice. We, we resist that which is of the flesh and put on the spirit, the things of the spirit. But he's looking for broken people. See, so yes, not emotionally. It's, you know, the picture would be like a broken horse, you know, where they, they break a horse where he's so pliable and yielded. We got any horse riders in here? Orlando, Florida? Come on. Wow. Palm trees and horses. But you would know better than I. But I mean the slightest. A broken horse. I can imagine just whatever you do. <laughs> but you pull on the rein and, and the horse isn't interested in going his own way. He has no will. That's what I love about the, the mule that Jesus rode on. It's such a beautiful picture. Like I it's never, it never was about me. Which way, Lord? When, how? Jump, how high? That's brokenness. The slightest whisper, yep. Stop, yep. I'm not going to get bent out of shape because I don't care. I don't have any interest in this thing for me. I've got to please you. And I'm just, man, because uh, because uh, Jesus is actually the most beautiful picture of this. That's what's wild. He's, he, other than Moses, of course, Jesus came in and trumped the whole deal with the meekest man to ever step foot on the earth. He's so humble. And uh, it's so beautiful. It, it's strange because the world, it's one of the most, they don't get it. They're looking for know-it-alls and confidence and build your name. And like Jesus comes in, he doesn't care if you see him. He'll heal the sick, slip through the crowd. He's not trying to build some hype and things like this. So humility, I want to encourage you guys. I'm trying to get better, but it run at that thing. Get super low. I love um, Luke 10. I touched on it a second ago where it says, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. You know, we all know it. Jesus said, this one thing is needed. But I love that she's at his feet. She's low. The lower we can go, the more rightly you see him. Like our head should always be up. He needs to be high. We need to be low. And uh, so anyway, humility, holiness. And I, again, I know it's his blood that washes us clean, but also a, there's a clear call in scripture to live holy. Be holy as he is holy. You know, James 1, I love it. It says that um, perfect religion is this, to minister to widows and orphans in their distress and also keep oneself unstained from the world. So a lot of people are like, wait a minute, you're getting into works. Jesus washes us. He does. But the Bible calls us clearly to live set apart, you know, and it's all throughout the word of God. So he's looking for that humility, holiness. I feel like it's all tied together in deep, deep intimacy, of course, because you can't do any of it without loving and knowing him. But I um, want to leave that with you guys and then... Let's turn to Malachi 3.
it was funny. I was getting wrecked on the plank. I was, I was kind of in there in that again. It's humility. I don't know why, as you're turning there, on the plane earlier, I've got some businessman next to me drinking some Bloody Mary. I'm thinking, he's the blood of Jesus. <laughs> I'm teasing, but, but I went too deep in, man. The, the meekness of the Lord somehow, I didn't know that's what it would be. It started coming. Man, I lost it. And, and a grown man, my, you know, when your lower lip starts quivering, it's like not good on a plane. They're like, call the medics. This, we got a loony, you know. Uh, but I, I was holding it in pretty good. And then a tear started going. I was like, wrong eye, because he's right here. At least it could have gone on the aisle side. <laughs> so I was like, look, you know, just kind of trying to keep it together. But, but um, man, the meekness of the Lord, I want to encourage you guys. Like, may he help us go low, be broken. Um, the slightest whisper. It's a real, he's looking for dead people, you know. Um, I was in James uh, 3 recently, and I love James says that uh, where selfish ambition is and envy, it's the only two things he highlights. You get that recipe together. He says there's disorder and every evil practice. Selfish ambition. That just means to, how can I advance myself? How can I better me? The Bible hammers that. Isn't that wild? And Jesus is like, yeah, no, no, no. You're running with me. Deny yourself. We don't do selfish ambition. You, you take this up and follow me, meaning you don't just pick it up one day and, hey, I get a trophy. Like, follow me. The rest of my life, that's the journey. But it's so freeing and so beautiful. So um, uh, anyway, but I wanted to talk to you briefly about the awe of God. Um, fear of God, reverence, however you want to um, coin the, that phrase. But I actually saw yesterday praying about being with you all. And, and um, I know you guys hammer it here and it's, it's a big theme on the heart of God throughout scripture. But I feel like even now more than ever, um, he's, he's bringing this home. And I've been teaching on it for quite some time, but I'm seeing it fresh. And so anyway, yesterday morning in prayer, I saw, oh yeah, before I forget, dream today, power nap, praise him. I'll have, I'll have a, so the, the door dream was this morning, but the power nap. Um, before I forget, don't raise your hand, or you can, but uh, 18-year-old young man, it looked like dark hair, uh, really struggling with condemnation. 18-year-old, if you're in here or whatever, you want to pray later or with the team. But um, I believe the Lord wants to set you free. It was real clear. Um, condemnation is not from the Lord. Godly sorrow is really beautiful. It leads us to repentance. But once you repent, you don't need to, you know. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, so I saw, though, the word awe, A-W-E, all caps. And actually, it was, it was live awe. And I believe you guys were praying for it. I believe there's going to be pockets in the earth where the, the present live spirit of the fear of the Lord is going to come in. And I pray it come again tonight or however and come into our life because it's, it it's, can come into our life personally. We need that. But also, I believe we're coming into days where the spirit of the fear of the Lord is going to come into houses and it's going to be really mind-boggling for his glory. And, um, and so I want to touch on it, let the Lord pray at the end and see, see what happens. But um, there's only a couple of times that I can recall, I feel like, barely touching up against it. I was once in London, once in Atlanta, and I know uh, Pastor Michael's 
deep in the trenches of the fear of the Lord. But when I was involved, I remember I wanted to crawl under a bench. It was actually, I was in a meeting in London, joy broke out, supernatural. The Holy Spirit's just bombs going off and I don't, I'm not doing a whole lot. <laughs> I was sure to be like, I had this amazing sermon. And it was just, the spirit was moving, but it turned on the dime. And then awe came. And I was literally trying to give the mic away and go hide somewhere. And only one other time in Atlanta, but it's beautiful. It's not a religious fearful thing, but it's an awe for sure. It's afraid. That's just the true biblical way. And it just, there's something about it that brings divine order that allows his kingdom to fully reign and Jesus be fully glorified. It's just how it should be. And so, um, however, he's wanting that to increase and land in this last hour, I pray, so be it. But the live spirit of the fear of the Lord, not just the topic or the knowledge of it, the spirit of the fear of the Lord coming upon a, a people. And um, so a little backdrop on it, how, how it kind of started with me in recent years was I had a, um, I was flying to... Washington State from Atlanta, just ministering up in Washington one weekend. And this is scriptural, thank the Lord, from something I saw. And just to, again, bring scriptural emphasis to it and set it up and, and pray. But I'm on this plane, flying, probably right in the middle of the nation, highest point, I guess, just spending time with the Lord, loving Jesus, no plans or anything. And I, I quickly went into this scene where it was I guess like a vision-ish, it was very clear. And I could see these three very large uh, angels in like the middle of the heavens, like in between the heavens and the earth. And they were all three identical, massive, and, and coming into the earth. And they all had golden scales in their right hands. And so let's say, um, like let's say this is me, the first one, was like this close about to pass me, like I, in my peripheral right here. And then I saw the next two, just again for timing and what I believe the Lord's wanting to do in this hour. Like we're, we're getting near, and it'll make sense in a, in a minute. But scales in scripture, these were golden scales. They all had in the right, I could see it. They were single file line coming one after the other into the earth. And um, scales typically speak of God's judgment, which is really good. It's just assessing things for his purpose and righteousness and truth. You see in Daniel chapter 5, where Belshazzar, remember, he went and got the um, golden vessels that were sacred and drank, drank with the concubines and all this. And a, a hand came in Daniel 5 and wrote on the wall. You remember that handwriting? They were like, get Daniel. That's a mystery. Daniel came in. He was like, oh, great. How's the weather? You know, he's, he's not wanting to talk about what it means. But it basically says your days have been numbered, goes down in the very last one. It says you've been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Like the balances of heaven came and weighed you out, you were found wanting, and he, he lost his life that night. So when you see that with heaven, it's a very good thing, but how many of you know we need God's alignment in the earth? Like we need his purposes, we need the word of God, and he's full of loving kindness, but also severity, and it's just good. So... um. I came out of it and I said, that's strange. I don't have a clue what this means. It had no reference for it, to be honest with you. I'm on a plane. So I was like, Lord, I really like a verse for this. And um, how many of you know we want everything biblical? Tie back to the word. Um, you know, we love the prophetic, but the word trumps everything. And so um, 
so I was, I thank the Lord the plane had Wi-Fi because I didn't know what this was. I'm like three angels. I don't know what this means. And so sure enough, I was able to find that the only place in scripture where three angels, which by the way, the angels are super biblical. We don't worship them by any means, but they're, they give glory to Jesus. I look at them as just messengers from heaven. Uh, Hebrews 1, super clear. It says, angels are ministering spirits sent to assist those who are to inherit salvation. Um, you know, ministered to Jesus even on the back end of the wilderness and things like this. But the only place in scripture is Revelation 14. You can maybe read it later if you want to. And it's sure enough, it has exactly, as I was seeing, three angels in the middle heavens, the Bible says, the midst or middle heavens, um, coming into the earth for God's purpose and plan. The Bible says they bid to do his will. You guys remember that verse? And so it, and actually some subtitles in scripture calls it the three proclamation angels, you know, and so they were coming in. But where I'm getting at is this first one that was like here. I mean, passing my peripheral vision into the earth. I want to go to the other two, but if you read later, this first one comes in and then single file line is the purposes of God. You know, Genesis 28, Jacob rested upon a rock, saw a ladder and, and angels of God ascending and descending, which we know John 151, Jesus says, I am the ladder. But the ascending, getting the purposes of God descending to fulfill it, just that's the picture. And, um, but this first one, when you can read it later, it says he comes into the earth with the eternal gospel. He basically cooperates with the, la- with the Lord for the last day harvest. But listen to this, and he has a loud voice, the Bible says. The Bible goes out of his way to say he said with a loud voice, just to preface where I'm getting at, that heaven is shouting very loudly right now what he says. How many of you know that heaven can be shouting loudly on something, and if you don't have ears to hear, you can miss it? The world can be hearing so many other things, and heaven's booming stuff, but you have to have ears to hear. And so the angel, listen to this, it says this first when he comes in, he's in cooperation with the Lord. The Lord has a sickle, major last day harvest. But what foreruns the last day harvest is the fear of God. He says with a loud voice, he declares it out over the earth, fear God. That's what he says, fear God. And then he goes on with the end of the sentence, but I want to encourage you guys, like there's a real emphasis on the fear of God that the Lord's trying to get into the earth and he'll find his vessels. I know this house is one of them. I, I know Pastor Michael and, and Jessica. But for those that will hear right now what the Lord's saying and yield unto it, he's going to empower them and infuse them with a, a move of God that you, this world's never seen. And the fear of God's going to be a major thread tied into it. And a lot of us, if we're honest, this isn't a real popular topic. Some of us kind of like to stray from it because we see it like it's religious or where's the blessing and whatever in it. But um, there's so many verses I have here. I probably won't go into them tonight. But listen, it's so beautiful. It says, blessed are they that fear him. Um, I forget where this one's at. It's in, um, I believe, the Psalms. But it says that the, yeah, I believe in the Psalms. It says, the fear of the Lord is our treasure. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is literally a treasure to you. And I just want to create a hunger for the fear of God again. And so that first one, I was like, wow, the Lord's really, you know, I saw the emphasis of what he's trying to do. And we really need to yield in this hour because the fear of the Lord, the Bible says also is to hate evil. And it just aligns things 
in such a way that they've never been aligned before. You start to feel conviction at a level you never did. And so I just want to encourage you guys too, before we pray, because I'm really, I hope you're in agreement with me. I don't like to just talk to go over a little Bible study. I like that. But I want the spirit of the fear of the Lord to come. And I want to be possessed with it. Oh, Isaiah 11's glorious. I'm going to go there in a second. But so we'll pray here in a little bit, but I want to encourage you. I really mean this. When it comes, life changes. Because you leave that door and how you lived before won't work if you're aligned with the fear of the Lord. It's a reverential awe. It's still totally, boldly entering to the throne of grace. It's, it's secure. It's, it's, you know, it's the relationship with the Father, his loving kindness. None of that leaves, but there's such an awe. Listen to Hebrews 5, 7. There's just so many verses where it says that the Lord prayed with loud cries and tears, Jesus Christ, in, in human form. He prayed with loud cries and tears But verse 7 says he was heard because of his reverence. Even the Lord Jesus, the Bible says that he cried loud tears, the flawless son of God. But the only reason he was heard was because of his reverence. He revered the father. He walked in the fear of the Lord. And when it comes in, it just sets things straight. Again, it's not religion. It's it's just pure and clean. It's so glorious. And... um, and then another uh, dream shortly uh, after that, that's Malachi 3. That's where we'll go here in a second. And I could see the scene, in a sense, play out where we'll read it together maybe. But where the father literally leans in to a conversation of people that feared God talking to each other. It says, then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord saw them and wrote a book of remembrance about them. It's so special to God. And in, actually, I'm just quoting it so you can read it later, but it's, it's verses 17 and 18. But Malachi 3, 17 and 18, also it's right before he prophesies the return of the Lord. And here it is again, the fear of the Lord coming back on the forefront. You see what I'm saying? Revelation 14, when those three proclamations come in with the Lord, it's just working in tandem. It's right before the return of the Lord. So the fear of God is going to take back over such a strong precedent in the earth and in the body of Christ to those who were yield before the Lord's return. But uh, so Malachi 3, it's beautiful. It says basically God looks at a group. Let's say, you know, this front row right here. You fear God, you revere him. And you start talking to one another and you've got the masses all over the globe. It catches God's eye. So much so that the Bible says, he called for a book of remembrance to be written before him. Not even beside him. He wanted to see every little detail. It's so important to him. And it, it doesn't say that those who fear God spoke to one another and a few that didn't fear God were in the conversation. It's only those who fear the Lord. The Bible also says that his covenant is with they that fear him. He teaches them his covenant. Meaning those who don't fear God, guess what? He's, his covenant's not with you. You can be born again, uh, you know, make heaven. We love all that. But the reverential awe, there's something special about it uh, to him. He even says later, like in verse 18, that when the book of remembrance is written, that he looks at him, he says, that group I'm going to make my special treasure before, I re- before my son returns. He, he literally says he's going to make them a special treasure or my jewels, those that fear him. So... If anything, I probably can just trick you into praying it with me. And 
And when it comes, it just, it does something different. And I just want more of him and more of it in my life. And uh, it, it really makes the path super narrow. All the baggage from the old seasons, it won't go on the path of the fear of the Lord. But it's so, it's the freest place ever. It's that broken horse. They're just, they're dead people. Yes, Lord. Tread lightly, yet I'm, I know I'm loved. I'm not in fear like that. You're a loving father, I'm secure. But it's all. And um, Isaiah 11 is another one, verses two and three. I'll start landing it here in a second. Isaiah eleven two. Listen, man. How many of you parents have like children that are wayward right now? It's okay. It's all family in here. Raise your hand. Yeah. So the spirit of the fear of the Lord starts creeping in your house. Not a chance. It's just it's just how it should be. It's so precious. It's the order of heaven, and God um, set it up this way. Isaiah eleven two and three. It says. Um, it talks about Jesus and how the seven spirits, if you are the sevenfold breakdown of the spirit of God rested upon him. And it goes all the way through the list, the spirit of understanding, knowledge, wisdom, counsel, might. And then at the end, it says the spirit of the fear of the Lord rested upon him. And so the spirit of the fear of the Lord is basically the, the breath of God in the thing itself. It stays. It's, it's at the core of who you are. When it's the spirit of the matter, it's, it's tied into your very being. Does that make sense to you guys? It doesn't come and go. It's, it's part of who you are. And then verse three is beautiful. It says Jesus had all these resting upon him. And then in verse three, it says his delight, talking about the Lord, his delight was in the fear of the Lord. Like he delights in it. And so this shows you that the Lord he never gets outside of it. He, he stays inside the fear of God. And so I just want to encourage you guys, I pray it, it come upon us. Um, so many verses. There's another one that says, I think in Proverbs, it says that to understand the fear of the Lord, it unlocks the knowledge of God. How many of you want to know him? You know, I, I love that um, John 17, three, like the highest call in life is to know him, to love him and know him. You know, I, I think I shared this before here, but I love Leonard Ravenhill, old general. He used to liken the um, synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, to the outer courts, uh, the gospel of John to the inner courts, and then John 17 to the holy of holies. And John 17, three says, this is eternal life that we may know him, that we may know the father and the son whom he has sent, you know? Well, the Bible says to understand the fear of the Lord is to unlock knowing him. Isn't that precious? So if the fear of the Lord comes, we can know him more rightly. Wherever the fear of the Lord isn't in a rich way, the true knowledge of him is not. You can be sure of that. The, the knowing of him is obscure where the fear of the Lord is missing. And so I pray, again, above just hitting our head with knowledge and verses that the Spirit would hit us here in a second. I just want to pray corporately and, um, and encourage you guys when it comes, which I just, I'm obviously wanting a lot more from my personal life too to walk in it, but when it comes, it's beautiful because you dare not, when the fear of the Lord comes, you dare not make wrong moves. Like Uzzah who touched the ark, you, you, don't, you do not get nonchalant around God haphazard 
contempt, familiar. The fear, it, it, it straightens all that up. But yet a child can play in it. It's so beautiful. But when the fear of the Lord comes, you dare not slander another brother or sister in Christ. You, it wouldn't even cross your mind. You, you understand what I'm saying? You wouldn't gossip, murmur, complain even. It checks like the fine things. And it's so pure because you start looking a lot like Jesus. Because the Lord didn't do any of this. He was without sin. I was in um, Jude uh, 1 the other day. There's only one Jude, one chapter. <laughs> You're like, what other chapter? <laughs> um, but right towards the end, it's so powerful. So Jude is like, I feel like all of them, they just do not play games. They came right out under the Lord. You start getting fresh fruit off the tree of the Lord. I mean, the disciples before it. And their standards are a whole nother level. So Jude, here he goes. He, he says, look, God's coming with tens of thousands to bring his wrath on the ungodly. And he, if you keep reading, this is New Testament, by the way. Um, I'm all about the grace, but, you know, this is New Testament. He says, God's coming. You can tell he's like on a rant, like a holy scriptural rant. God's coming with tens of thousands to judge Bring his wrath, judge the ungodly, this, that, and the other, the ungodly. He uses ungodly three times in one sentence. So I'm like, who is he talking about here? This has got to be terrorist, mass murder, something crazy. And so you get to it, and he's like, you want to know who they are? These are grumblers and complainers. <laughs> I'm like, Jude, easy, my boy. But the fear of the Lord, and you start seeing scripture this way, you're like, man, how dare, I dare not. It's not pleasing to him. Jesus delights in the fear of the Lord. He delights in it. It's his happy place. Grumble, Jude, he's coming with tens of, he's getting so much of a squad, tens of thousands to bring judgment. On who, Jude? Complainers and grumblers? And the next one, listen to this, he goes, also, how dare they? I'm throwing this in there. He says, they... Use flattering words on people for selfish gain. But the standards of the word and the Lord, they're, they're pristine. And the fear of the Lord aligns us with them. And this stuff starts to get rooted out. But then you start glowing with the glory of the Lord. And you fall more in love with Jesus. And you look more like him. And um, it's precious. But and can you imagine that'd be like I was like, hey... Pastor Michael, looking good today. Love the new shoes. Uh, can you please teach me how to swing a golf club? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's flattery for selfish gain. That's what Jude's talking about here. And um, no condemnation if you've done that today, like 500 times. <laughs> but I, I just love the word of God, and I pray he'd call us higher. Again, no legalism. His, his, his loving kindness leads us to repentance. Um, he's so, so good. But when it comes into it, it prepares a people for his son called the bride, and she's without spot or blemish. She doesn't slip off into all that stuff, you know? I was reading um, on an old saint recently, powerful man of God, it was precious. Oh yeah, Spurgeon too, he, I love his writing sometimes. He said, the fear of the Lord is the scriptural tie-in to all true godliness. Isn't that wild? But it was awesome, even on the complaining and murmuring, which we all are trying to get better at. He, uh, a, a, a close friend, a different saint, walked up to this one, this amazing man of God, a saint from old. And he goes, man, the weather's 
bad today. And, and he, he said no sooner he caught himself because this saint like never complained. He was very humble, selfless. And he goes, uh, oh, the weather's never bad for, for the believers, only sinners. <laughs> it was really powerful. He spun it on him. But, but I just pray the Lord in so many areas of our life, he would align us like his son. And the awe of God when it comes, and I believe it's going to start coming in more and more in environments like obviously this house and I pray many others that would yield to him and it sets things straight you know it's really really pure and clean so oh that's another one um, Psalm I think 19 maybe somewhere in there but it says the fear of the Lord is clean and it endures forever some versions say it's pure it's so beautiful and you know it, it empowers I believe the ability to live clean you don't need to raise your hand, but if any of you are having struggles like in certain hangups and continual things, the entanglements of sin, the fear of the Lord's clean. It cuts this stuff off and it, it aligns and sets straight. So it's so beautiful. But um, if you guys want to stand, we'll pray. and turn it over to leadership. If you want to pretend like you're going to the restroom, sneak out, you totally can. I'm teasing, but I pray it really come upon us. It's precious. And when the spirit of the fear of the Lord comes that Jesus delighted in, really um, changes the way you look at life and go through it. We go through deeper with him. So you can just maybe put your hands out by faith and receive Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your awe. Oh, great King. And pray however you would want to do what you do. Release the spirit of the fear of the Lord. For the fear of God is to hate evil. It turns us away from that which is not upright. Help us delight in the, the fear of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come. Corporately, individually, have your way, Holy Spirit. Pray you come into our homes in a reverential awe that we'd pray with reverence. I love the Bible says that we bring him acceptable worship with reverence and awe. That we continue to worship you with reverence and awe. Align us, I pray, to your word, to your purposes, to your son. Prepare your bride and us and 
glorified. In Jesus' name. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can like and subscribe to help us continue to reach people around the world with the gospel. Give today at jesusimage.tv forward slash give. You can also join us in person or online every Sunday at Jesus Image Church. For more information on Jesus Image, events, Jesus School, and resources, visit jesusimage.tv.